It's episode 10. I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but we'll make the best of it. I'm sorry for a little bit of a rambly episode. I've been kind of all over the place last week, so I figure I'll update you guys on what I've been up to, what I've been doing, and why I missed last week. And we will see if I can get us into the variety broadcasting, the variety streaming panel that I did at PAX West 2018. Another longer episode this time around, so buckle up and let's get started. This is the Insert Coin Theater podcast. My name is Tim. Let's start the episode. been a bit of a hectic couple of weeks at ICT headquarters here in Sarasota and I know I missed last week but there was a pretty good reason for that. I had every intention of recording a podcast and getting the variety streamers panel that I did at PAX West 2018 on the Mixer Partner stage out there but I had a little bit of a kerfuffle with my my pups so I've got two dogs for those of you who do not know. One is an Australian Shepherd named Hawk. The other is a Golden Retriever Boxer Mix named Ash. So let me start by prefacing that Ash generally is a very, very sweet dog. He, We got him as a rescue and he was abused, we think, because he's got some scar tissue, scar damage on his face. Uh, he has a fear of broomsticks and other you know, long stick like objects. So we think he was beaten with that and he seems to be afraid of cardboard boxes. So our assumption is he was either left in a cardboard box somewhere or something along those lines. So he comes with a lot of baggage. So unfortunately we had taken both dogs to the groomers together to get them some cuts, get them shaved down for just to look nice because they they were scruffy. They were dirty. They had some mats, all that stuff. So they like to roll in the dirt. They love our backyard. So we got them cleaned up and uh, I had warned the uh, groomers to not bring Ash out with other dogs because he's other dog aggressive. When he sees other dogs, he gets freaked out. We assume it's some kind of like a panic response where when he sees other dogs, he just kind of goes into a fight mode rather than a flight mode. So he just wants to lunge and, and fight and attack. And he doesn't do this with people, only other dogs. So we they bring him out with other dogs in the area, which was the first mistake. And he starts to go crazy, starts to lose it. And so I go and pick him up because I have no fear of him biting me because he's not going to bite me as uh, he doesn't he doesn't intentionally go after people. He loves people. So I pick him up, take him outside to kind of calm him down a bit and ask them to bring Ash or Hawk out. And so they bring Hawk out. So uh, I have both leashes in one hand and I'm taking them across the parking lot towards the car and I guess they bumped each other or got too close. And with Hawk being freshly shaved down, uh, smelling different than he normally does, Ash began to panic again and attacked Hawk. And so they went at it. They were fighting and I I tried my best to jump in the middle and keep him separate, but I wasn't quick enough to stop Ash from uh, clamping down on Hawk's head. So he... Uh, clamped down on uh, Hawk, leaving a puncture wound on the back of his head uh, at the base of his skull. 
uh, having a puncture wound on his right mandible, uh, on his right jaw, and then uh, leaving two lacerations inside of his ear. I didn't know what the damage was or anything like that at the time. I just did everything I could to get them separated. The groomers came running out, picked Ash up or Hawk up uh, while I got Ash separated. And um, they were looking at uh, they were looking at Hawk's ears and everything to make sure that he was okay. And there was there was quite a lot of blood. It was it was pretty traumatic for me and for for Hawk. So I got Ash into the car. They took Hawk in to get him cleaned up and they cleaned him out with some hydrogen peroxide to see what the damage was. And they recommended that we take him to the emergency vet. So we ended up doing that. Uh, I, they brought Hawk out uh, and Ash began to growl at him again. He still hadn't calmed down from his episode. So I asked them to hold Hawk and take care of him for a few minutes while I took Ash home. So I did that, took him home. Got him settled and he was fine by the time we got home. He had calmed down and we were dog sitting for my sister-in-law's dog, Zero. And so I had no worries about Zero because she's a pit bull. So if there was a fight, she could easily handle her own. But that said, um, Ash was fine when he got in. He His tail was wagging. He was excited. He seemed to uh, have calmed down completely and more or less forgotten the incident. Well, I rushed back. Uh, Recky got in the car with me and we rushed back over to the groomers and we picked up Hawk and Hawk was a little dazed, a little out of it because he was kind of in shock from the whole thing, which I can completely understand. And so we went and we got him and there was an emergency vet not too far from us. So we took him to the emergency vet and we were there for like three hours, two and a half hours, something like that. And so they were, they cleaned him up. They looked at him. Uh, they put some, uh, uh, it's called skin glue, which I guess holds flaps of skin together so that they can heal kind of like stitches, but without the actual stitching. Uh, they put the skin glue in his ear um, and then they were talking to us about his injuries. And um, they said that the the two, the one on his head uh, on the back of his head and the one on his face were pretty superficial. They weren't that bad and that they would heal up if we just let them be. Uh, and just uh, they gave us an antibiotic and a painkiller. And so we had to go pick up a big circular donut for for poor Hawk. And he's had to wear that for a week and he has not been enjoying it. But he has recovered pretty nicely. He's doing well. And everybody seems to be better now. Ash seems to actually regret what he did. He seems to have some cognizant understanding that he hurt Hawk. So, you know, it's something. And it's we've always had trouble getting those two to get along. So it's a bit it's a bit stressful that they had this dust up in the first place. But ultimately, I'm just happy that they are not completely loathing each other right now. And actually, they seem to be doing better than they've ever done. Uh, Hawk seems to just not be afraid of Ash anymore, which might be something of a positive for him because he was always afraid of Ash and a little bit and kind of kept his distance and tried to keep some space between them. So it's kind of interesting to see. I'm I'm happy that everybody's fine. Um, I actually uh, getting in the way. I actually got uh, a bit of battle damage myself um ash kind of brushed against my arm when he was lunging for hawk i guess i'm looking at it right now it's on my uh, my bicep on the inside and it's it's bruised up really badly and there's a couple of cut marks but i didn't really bleed or anything from it and um ash ash was pretty upset Afterwards, I think he realized he hurt me and he hurt Hawk because he didn't come out of uh, he usually goes and lays in the tub. That's kind of his room, uh, his area, because 
he doesn't like cages. He doesn't like being in a cage if he can avoid it. So we let him kind of have the tub when we're, you know, not taking showers or whatever. And so he actually stayed in there for about three days straight and was moping pretty hardcore. So it was pretty interesting to see uh, how his realization of the events that took place kind of registered with him. And I may be projecting, I don't know, but I feel like, I feel like dogs are emotionally on a completely different level than a lot of animals are. They're very in tune with us having evolved as much as they have with us. So it's pretty fascinating to witness and to be a part of, but we all seem to be better now. And we just know we got to keep them separate for appointments and stuff just in case Ash decides to lose it again. So easy, easy enough fix on our part. But I figured I'd update you guys. And that's why I didn't do an episode last week. A podcast episode was because of that. I was hoping to do one during the week. I just my weeks are so packed that I just I work 40 to 50 hours a week, um, sometimes more, sometimes less. But um, usually usually 40, 40 is the baseline. I have to work at least 40. And then I have four streams a week. So I do. Usually six to eight hours on Sunday and then four hours every other night of the week or uh, every other night of the week I stream. So three other nights. So ultimately, I usually will do upwards of 20 hours of streaming a week. Uh, And so when you're doing between 60 and 80 hours of work a week, it gets a little hairy. And I don't say that to complain, but that's just why I didn't get out. So that's my excuse. Whether you accept it or not, uh, that's fine. But I would like to apologize for not getting that out there. That's exactly what happened. So with that said, let's uh, let's talk about something a little bit lighter. Why don't we talk about what I have been playing lately? And I will start off by saying I got an early access copy to Forza Horizon 4. And I was playing that two nights ago. And my God, is it awesome? It's a great game. It is a ton of fun. They have some really cool features. Uh, The vehicles look great. The damage models look great. It's just it's a fun game. It's enjoyable. I don't like racing games very much. And I will I will preface that day and night. But ultimately, for me, I really, really enjoy uh, arcadey racing games, not the simulation racing games. And the reason being is that uh, I I'm a bad driver in games and I've never been a good driver in games. I mean, I'm a fine driver in real life, but without an actual wheel, I'm not a great driver. And the sense of speed and everything is just so far beyond what I'm used to that. I just I crash into stuff all over the place. I never go, you know, 200 to 200 miles an hour on any roads ever. So in real life, there's no comparison point for me. So when it comes to cars, I prefer to play them in a virtual environment. So ultimately it's when it comes right down to it, I love the, the arcadey ones because it appeals to my love of over the top silly with the real driving physics. And that's what, that's what Forza Horizon does really well right it does a really good job of that and that's what i'm so excited about forza horizon 4 and to see this game so beautifully rendered even on the og xbox which i don't have an xbox one x yet but i do have an og xbox and even not enhanced for 4k or whatever without the the larger textures and all that it is gorgeous and the next time i play it i'm gonna play it on the pc with my uh my 1080 Ti, which should be screaming and it should be amazingly beautiful. I'm so very excited. And what's cool about it is play anywhere. It's a Microsoft title, so you can play it anywhere uh, on PC or Xbox. I know I sound like an advertisement, but I figure I'll let you guys know about it a little bit. Um, And it's also going to be on Game Pass when that comes out. So if you have an Xbox and you have Xbox Game Pass, you'll get 
the game for free essentially to play so you'll be able to play with friends and stuff like that which is pretty awesome in my opinion i'm very very excited and um i think somebody's mowing so if you guys hear a buzzing sound in the background i apologize that's somebody mowing outside it's really loud but anyways so Forza Horizon 4 is extremely enjoyable. I've been really having fun with it, and I think that you guys should definitely uh, check it out if you get a chance. If you're into those kind of uh, simulation racing games, if you liked Forza Horizon 3, you will probably very much like 4. It's much more polished. The physics seem a little tighter. Everything feels really nice, and I, I've been having really a, a really good time with it so far, and I'm only through the second season. So you start out in spring. It goes to... Uh, autumn then it goes to winter then it goes to summer i think and so you go through all the seasons and each each uh festival site i think has a different season as well so those all vary as well so it's pretty cool to see how the map changes it's almost like it's almost like four fully different maps with the same layout so it just changes the way your vehicles handle like uh summer has rain um autumn has a lot of mud around um and things like that it's just it's fascinating it's really cool and to see the the leaves change is really pretty and the the snow on the ground is really pretty i mean i'm used to the the greenery living in florida like we have green around so we don't really get a whole lot of the varied seasons here so it, it is a fascinating looking game and very pretty looks very well put together it doesn't seem to be super strong on the microtransactions but if you are a collector there are dlc packs of cars that you can buy and things like that which is kind of cool. You can buy houses in the game, which give you places to adjust your your gear and clothing and things like that and customize your character, stuff like that. So it's it's a cool game. Very interesting. And I honestly, I would recommend it. I would say check it out, especially if you've got Game Pass. There's going to be no extra cost to you over the top of the Game Pass price. So give it a go. See what you think. On top of that, what else have I been playing? I've been playing Overwatch again. Overwatch is pretty pretty good now it's better it's still got some problems with characters i feel like they've completely screwed up some of the characters like symmetra especially i feel like symmetra is totally useless uh don't feel like she's enjoyable but they added wrecking ball which is a giant metal ball powered by a hamster which i think is kind of dumb in my opinion i think that has little place it's like the pandarins in World of Warcraft, I feel like they are just so out of place and so unnecessary that it kind of caters to a very specific audience, and I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, I know they have a giant monkey, Winston, but his story makes sense. He's a genetically modified ape, and apes are supposed to be smart in the you know beginning and end of things. They're intelligent, very intelligent creatures. Hamsters are not. So to have a giant hamster powering a giant metal ball is ridiculous and add to that all of his abilities are obnoxious and i think they're a little overpowered and broken but i mean that's blizzard right one of the big criticisms I've, I've always had at blizzard is that they suck at balancing pvp they've always been really bad at that if you look at world of warcraft uh i played that for six years and the balance in wow was always really off in battlegrounds i mean characters it's hard to strike a balance between pve and pvp i get that but every time that they'd release a new uh, a new class or something along those lines, it would just totally hose up the balance between factions or groups. 
and things like that. Every time that they'd add new talent sets or they'd re revamp a talent set, like it would give it, it's it's what they do. They nerf something into oblivion and make it completely useless in PvP. And then they buff something into oblivion or add something new that makes it that's way too strong. It's way too powerful. So that's how I'm feeling about Wrecking Ball right now. I think he's a little too overpowered. Uh, people who are who take the time to get good with him, he does a lot of knockback. And it's very irritating when you play certain characters to get knocked back. Uh, all the time and he can just spin around certain points like he is ideal for certain uh, sections because he can tether to a pole and spin around it pretty much infinitely and hit everybody who gets near it and it's it's kind of obnoxious in a lot of regards and I guess obnoxious doesn't mean broken but in my view anything that is hampering the way that people can strategize and get into a point is a little crazy to me and he can handle an entire team in that regard, which kind of sucks. I think that's a little what irks me the most. Um, him and him and Doomfist, I think, are the two like most obnoxious in a lot of ways. Like Doomfist, you can never keep track of because he's always in the air. Um, and then he does tons of damage when he does his ground pound move. And then he has a shotgun, which does a crap load of damage on top of it. Uh, and then, yeah, so I, I have complaints. I, I The game isn't perfect, and I'll leave it at that. I have a lot of problems with a lot, the way a lot of the characters are constructed and, and ruining of Symmetra. Symmetra was like, people complained about her being OP, but then they don't complain that much about uh, Wrecking Ball or uh, uh, Doomfist. And those two, those two, I think, are the most broken and have been since they came out. But that's Blizzard for you. It's what they do. That's their specialty. But anyways, that said, the community has gotten a lot less toxic, and that's what has brought me back into it. And the, the community used to be a cesspool. It used to be really bad. But Blizzard has added a, a commendation section where after every match, you can commend somebody for a specific thing on your team, like being a good team player, good communication, or being like a strategist, being a leader, which is really cool. And you can also commend other people and you get rewarded for commending people. So rather than it being a toxic waste pit of people being like, you suck, you're terrible, you shouldn't play, sell your game, uninstall, blah, blah, blah. People are much better about being positive. And I've only in in the last like four or five times I've played it in the last couple of weeks, uh, I have only had one person uh, say something extremely negative. And to be totally honest, I reported that person. <laughs> so it, it's like one of those things that I'm hoping that they, they are very vigilant on and they keep it in check because commendations is a great idea and it seems to be working so far and it seems to be discouraging people from being a-holes. And I think that's the important thing to take away from it is that people are less toxic they're more willing to give you props for doing a good job, for working hard, for uh, playing your character. Right. And I think that's I think that's fun and it makes it more enjoyable and makes it so that I hate the game way less. Uh, toxicity in games is one of my big turnoffs with gaming, and it's why I don't play competitive games because of how toxic people can get. Uh, add in the fact that it makes me feel crappy to do competitive games, especially when I lose all the time because I'm not good at what I do and I'm always like the first to die, or I'm always one of the ones that's not a boon to the team. I am, I am a negative impact on the team usually. So it's very hard for me to play competitive games because it gives me anxiety a little bit, and it's very frustrating in that way. Okay, so my my phone, uh, my new iPhone just thought that I was talking to it. Ignore that. I'm sorry, guys. Anyways, for some reason, it thought I was asking that. Anyways, but I think kind of my point is that 
the game is less toxic and therefore more enjoyable. So if toxicity in games causes you a lot of anxiety, makes you a little upset, bothers you a lot, Overwatch is now no longer in my my list of uber toxic games, which I think is interesting. I never thought it would be, but it is. So it might be worth your time to go back and give it a go. So just as a suggestion and a recommendation from me, Overwatch is back on the buffet menu, I think. And I think that's a good thing. So good job, Blizzard. Kudos to you. Now, I'm going to go ahead and play the variety streaming roundtable that we did from PAX West 2018. But before we do that, I'm going to go ahead and close out the show like I normally would. So just stay tuned after the credits, after uh, my little spiel here. Uh, and you can check out the variety streaming podcast or the variety streaming uh, roundtable that we did, not podcast, and uh, see if you enjoy it. You might learn something new from it. It's pretty cool. And we had a really good time. I got to talk with Undead Hooligan, uh, Hasselhoft, and Ghost from Texas, who are three very talented uh, content creators, variety content creators on Mixer. So I highly recommend you check them out and uh, give this a listen. Because I think it's worth it. So that said, uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the credits here and then we will play that afterwards. So thank you for joining me. I hope you had a great time. Thanks for letting me babble at you for a while and explain to you why uh, I have been kind of absent lately. And I appreciate your understanding and uh, sticking with the ICT podcast. Love your faces and uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. The ICT Podcast is written and produced by me, Tim Hosey. Insert Coin Theater is more than a podcast. It's also live streams four days a week at Mixer.com slash Insert Coin Theater. But above that, it's also a vibrant and inclusive community on Discord at Discord.gg slash ICT. If you'd like to support my efforts monetarily and help my content creation efforts become a full-time gig, please consider pledging on the new Insert Coin Theater Patreon page at Patreon.com slash ICT. I'd like to give huge thanks to Andy B, our Arcade Master level supporter, and our three other Patreon supporters for helping keep this podcast alive and kicking. If you're unable to support monetarily, please consider leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. The positive reviews will help bring new listeners to the podcast and will help the show grow in a meaningful way. If you have any comments, suggestions, questions, or wish to connect with me, please visit me on Twitter at twitter.com slash insertcointim on Facebook at fb.gg slash insertcointheater, or on Instagram at instagram.com slash insertcointheater. My DMs on Discord are always open, so you can reach me there by DMing insertcointheater, hashtag 6969. The music that you heard at the beginning of the podcast is the ICT podcast intro by Ben Burns, also known as Abstraction. And the music that you're hearing now is also by him. It's a song called... Oh boy, what's it called? Ah, I'm the worst. Uh, Sanctuary. <laughs> you see, I forget things too. But it's Sanctuary by the same, the one, the only Ben Burns. You can find his music at abstractionmusic.com. Hi, and welcome to PAX West. I am Tim, also known as Insert Coin Theater, and we are live on the Mixer partner stage. Make sure you guys are following at Watch Mixer for all the latest from PAX. And uh, be sure to follow this channel, mixer.com slash mixer, and uh, you'll get all the latest and greatest. Just smash that follow button. 
We're going to be live on this stage from 10 a.m. Pacific time to 6 p.m., 1 p.m. Eastern time, and 6 p.m. GMT. We're also giving away a brand new PC on this very Mixer stage. So go to bit.ly slash mixerpacks and enter. Your secret word for today is Mixer Packs West, all one word. So welcome to the Mixer Variety Streamer Roundtable. I'm joined by some of Mixer's top variety broadcasters, and we'll be discussing a variety of things about variety streaming and all of its highs and lows. My name is Sim, as I said, and I'm joined by three spectacular people. I've got Undead Hooligan, Ghost from Texas, and Hasselhoff. So, guys, tell us a little bit about yourselves, what you like to play, what, what you do on your streams before we really dig into it. Uh, my name's Huli. I'm a variety streamer. I do mostly indie titles, um, but I'll play just about anything. So, me. Ghost from Texas. We have lots of weird aliens on our screen and dad jokes in the channel, and I play everything from Minecraft, PUBG, puzzle platformers. Um, we even do live development of all of our stuff on stream, so we really kind of like mix it up throughout the week. All right, I'm, uh, I'm Hasselhoff. I don't normally sound like this, actually. I feel like you should call me Franny. <clears throat> Phenomenal. I play a lot of Smite, Fallout, kind of whatever tickles my fancy. A lot of PlayStation exclusives, stuff like that. Fantastic. So make sure you guys check these lovely broadcasters out. They are some of the finest that Mixer has to offer. So go and hit their follow buttons. You won't regret it. That said, so... Before we get started, we wanted to remind everybody that we are not discouraging in any way focused game streaming, like single game streaming. If you only play PUBG, if you only play Fortnite, that's not our intent. Our intent is to discuss variety streaming and what it has to offer and what it does for us uh, versus uh, focused game streaming. So, what does variety mean to you guys? Because it means a little bit different to everybody. So, what what in general does it mean to you guys? And we don't have to go in order. You guys can just hop I, mean, I, I can start. I mean... Uh, um, I, I used to start off as just a Minecraft streamer. Um, whenever I first started on Beam, before it was called Mixer at the time, it was exclusively Minecraft for about a year and a half to two years solid. And for me personally, the reason I went variety is I started getting a little burnt out on playing the same game. And I've never found myself actually really particularly good at any one game. I'm, I'm kind of good at a lot of games, but I'm not super good at any one game. And so you kind of get burnt out a little bit. Um, you know, I was kind of uh, on the PUBG hype train a little bit about a year ago and writing that. Um, but it just kind of didn't feel as fulfilling to me because I, what I like to do with my community is be able to show off different experiences, right? We want to have like a, a certain experience with the channel and I get to explore different titles and show those off to people. And so it, it means a lot that I can get the same people coming back no matter what game we play. Um, but it does have its downs, you know, with, with other things. It's hard to keep that growth up because some people really like watching only a certain types of games and if they're not playing those games they don't want to come back so it's, it's kind of a 50 50 mix sometimes like he pretty much just nailed it. <laughs> so all the all the like, same honestly, yeah, I think, yeah i think i think the biggest thing is that i just i like a whole bunch of different games and there's not one that I can sit down and be like, I can play this for the rest of my life or, or this game for the rest of the week even sometimes. Um, I think the the hardest part is that like RPGs and games like that that normally take like a, a mass amount of time seeing or even like the Fortnites and, and things like that that require a lot of time to get good at 
I can only take three-hour bursts of certain types of games. And for me, variety works out better for that because I can touch all the different types of games that I, uh, I enjoy without having to get burnt out, as Go said, on that one type of game. Yeah, and I have a bit of uh, what I call gamer ADHD. So exactly. I, I rarely play the same game two streams in a row. I'm much more of the kind of person that I'll play a game for three, four hours, really dig into it. Um, I, I call I call myself a bit of a first-look streamer, so whenever a new game comes out, I try to get my hands on it and play it and show it off to my community because, to me, I'd rather them see a whole bunch of a little bit of something rather than a whole bunch of just one thing. And they, they tend to kind of work with me on that really well, that a lot of different things, variety is the spice of life, right? So right. a lot of different stuff makes them happy in the sense that they can see everything from shooters to sports games to, uh, you know, to action adventure to simulations. And, and they never get bored just like me. It's uh, It keeps things fresh and keeps it interesting, in, in my view. So... What are some of the pros and cons to variety game streaming versus like focus game streaming? What, what are some of the, the benefits that you guys see and what are some of the negatives you guys see for variety streaming? So I've got a double-edged sword. So this can go either way depending on how you look at it. You play a variety of games, you're gonna get a variety of an audience. Like I start playing Fallout and a whole group of people who love that game are gonna come in and watch. All right, and then maybe a week later, I'm like, let's play Smite. And people who love Fallout may not want to watch Smite. You know what I mean? So it's like a different group of people. So you get to build a different kind of community. Now on the flip side, people who don't like and don't like the game that you're playing may not come in. You know what I mean? So while they will, and you're still building a relationship with them, you're see what I mean with the double-edged sword? Absolutely, yeah, because sometimes there's a, an audience for specific types of games and for specific games that people will come for those games rather than specifically for the person streaming. They want to watch somebody playing the game, not right. necessarily right. You, know, you playing right. the game. Yeah. Then it's streamer versus game. I'm, yes. Like, are you there for the streamer, which happens a lot, or are you there for a game, which also, like, it's a whole different mindset when you're watching streams. Yes. I think, too, even if you get the people that are there for the game, you know that no matter what you play, there's going to be an audience. So, you know, you know that the people that are going to come in, they're going to want to help you with the game. They're going to want to, you know, just enjoy the game. Where if you, if you become like that dedicated game streamer, if you mess up, like, it, those people want like that 100% gameplay. They know that I'm jumping from game to game. Right. I'm, as you said, not going to be good at anything. Right. There's so an expectation if I screw there. Up, they're not going to be upset. Right. And <laughs> and I, I deal with the same thing. Right. Like I I say that I'm I'm not good at games, and I'm not. It's very true. I'm I'm much more of the kind of person that I, I really enjoy playing games like Call of Duty and Halo because uh, I, I grew up with those games and I played them a lot, and I still have a little bit of that skill from when I was younger and put 300, 400 hours into those games. But it gives me a chance to really relive my nostalgia, which I do a lot because I play classic games as well. I played GoldenEye on stream, which brought its own own group of people, things like that, like like classic games on the N64, PS1, things like that. So it gives me a chance to really relive 
my past in some ways while enjoying what's new. So it's it's a great way of, of getting around and, and seeing what else is there is to offer without getting stuck in the rut of playing only classic games right. and things like that. For me too, the uh, the ups and downs of it is there's there's some games that we have found through being a variety streamer that I have absolutely fallen in love with. Subnautica is by far yeah, my favorite game of this year. And I've played, I mean, I like playing PUBG, I like playing all these other games too, but like Subnautica just blew my mind with how unique it was. Right. And, you know, if I was a focus game streamer, I wouldn't have had that, you know, experience. Um, another game that we played was uh, The Last Day of June, was this little off storyline game. I really love those walking sim puzzle simulators. And we played it, and it was a very, like, had like a very deep emotional twist at the end. People in my chat were like legitimately crying because it was such, such a sad ending to the game, and I like having that experience. On the flip side of it, I have chased a lot of games that weren't that great, right. and so you can kind of have that double that double the side of it where bag. you're kind of like, oh, we're gonna go check out this really crazy game, and you're like, this game was not as great as I hoped <laughs> it would be. You know, it can be kind of rough there, and, and that that's one of the dangers. I mean, sometimes it is hit and miss. Sometimes yeah. you'll sometimes you'll come across real stinkers, but you will find the gems. Like yeah. for me, for me, one of those. I mean, what what what's what are some of those games for you guys that you've discovered? The, the other two of you, uh, my summer car. Oh, that's a good one. That's, that's a good something one. Something that that's a game that I can go back to at any time. If I if I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't know what to play. And I'll ask chat, and they will jump into and say, jump in and say, "My summer car," because it's just it's nothing but antics. Like you can't you can't not have a Don't good you have time to build a car in that. Yeah, yeah. It, which seems like a nightmare, but like nuts again, and like, bolts all the way through. It's it's just such a quirky, weird game that yeah. like you can't help but have fun. How about you, Hass? I didn't hear the question, to be very honest. <laughs> What's that? Or like far away. I was, what I'm are very some of the gems that, that you found in variety? Some of the gym really games this <laughs> All right, no, you guys gotta understand something about me though. I'm not I'm not like one of those risque, I feel like playing whatever comes out. Like I either know I love a game or I don't. And when I love it, I'll put 500, 1,000, 2,000 hours into it. Maybe not all at once, wow. but I always come back. And they're the weirdest games. Um, so it's not like I have those little, like maybe like a Stardew Valley or something corny like that where I don't have to, I can kick my feet up on my desk and literally just play kicked back. And you do like do a pillow that. behind I've I do. You do that. I do do that. So, so what are one of the, what is one of those games that you really did? You said Stardew Valley. Yeah. Is there, is there something else that really sticks out I that you? Back to Fallout. Fallout. Which problem. one? Four or, or four. any other four? It's a problem. I, I love watching your, your Fallout streams. They're, they're great. Yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> so, so yeah, so it gives us a real mixed bag and a, a chance to really look at a lot of things that we might not have because I discovered Seven Days to Die long before it hit Xbox and anything like that. And I played that with some friends in my community. We set up a server and we all just goofed around, kind of like how you would in Minecraft or something like that. You go and explore and you're fighting zombies together and you just get up to antics and, and shenanigans and it's it's a really good time. It's a yeah. ton of fun and it never. it's one of those things that you can play for, you know, 100 hours and never yeah. get tired of. And so for me, that was, that was one of those moments where you go, ah, this is really great for my stream. This is great content for what I do. And I think that's kind of the trick of being a variety streamer is finding what meshes well with you yeah. because we don't play a single game 
over and over and over again. Well, it's, so. it's, sometimes it's interesting too. I guess like one of the gems besides Subnautica that I found is even though I'm variety, sometimes I still stick within a specific type of game. I kind of like the I'm gonna walk around like in an environment. I, we played Fallout 4 recently. Yeah. It was a really cool game. I love those walking sim games. One came out that I had my eye on, completely unlike any other game that we've ever played on the stream, and it was Jurassic World Evolution. That's oh, sort of that was a good game. one. Yes. And I had no clue. You know, I don't play those games on stream. I played Roller Coaster Tycoon back in like the early 2000s, right? But I haven't played it on stream before. And this was that sort of base managing that base management game, and I fell in love with it. Like it was. That's one of those cool things about being variety. It's not only that you find these different games, but you start realizing different types of games that you didn't even realize you would even like this this genre. Yeah. Right. You know. So, so would you say it kind of comes down to a content choice? Like, you can yeah. you can make the choice of doing a variety of games. You can make a choice of sticking to a single kind of genre. Or did you... Like, I think you, you made a very good point about it. We kind of talked about it before this. When you think of variety versus focus, it's not that one's better than the other. Like, and you, like you were very adamant about that, which is true. It's literally content. You know what I mean? You're an entertainer. And if you're not delivering entertainment people are eventually going to leave. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, it's just making sure you're improving. If something's not working, you fix it. Right. So, like, I wouldn't say, all right, I've never played Fortnite uh, in my life. And somebody who does, and they've got hundreds of thousands of follows, which, like, I'm not saying they didn't earn, they have to work just as hard for that as I would for playing a different game. Absolutely. Like, you can't turn around and be like, oh, well, they just play Fortnite, so it's no big deal. No, you have to make sure your content's up to par to be able to really get somewhere. There's a lot more competition with them so right. like Fortnite, right. too, so yeah. you have to stand out. Right. You know, even if you're on making that level. work, then there's something that you're doing right. And exactly. you're probably, you probably are very aware of what that is, and every day you're trying to make whatever that is that you're doing right just that much better. And it's the same thing with variety. Like, we, you know, no matter what it is that you do, if it's a single game or if it's variety, there's something about what it is that you're doing that keeps people coming back, whether it's, you know, with that single game or mixing up the, the game but you're constantly looking for okay I know what people are enjoying here let me make it better and with the the, the single game guys they're doing it just as hard as we are absolutely so yeah. there's no easy mode no there is not. not no matter what you do there's no yeah. easy mode and, and it, you may hit lightning in a bottle right. but I, I get I get asked quite frequently you know why do you do variety gaming? Why don't you just play Fortnite or PUBG? You should do that. You'll get popular quicker. And yeah, there may be there may be more numbers of people watching those games specifically. But if I look at people that are my inspirations, like over on Twitch, uh, there's a, a, a streamer called Brown Man, and um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard Ray Narvaez Jr., uh, who is over at Rooster Teeth, and um, he's incredible. And he plays whatever he feels like, and he'll he'll play through entire games, and he'll just play anything uh, he he wants to play. And so um, he has a huge following. And so it doesn't matter what you do. It's just a matter of your persistence. It's a matter of finding what works for you and making it happen. And so when it comes to looking at single game streamers, it's not like they have the easy mode. No. Maybe maybe in some regards it's easier because they play the same thing and people come looking specifically for that and then you gain numbers from it. But 
um, it's harder in the sense that it's harder to build a community and it's harder to make something that has people that come back. And because people are there definitely there for you absolutely. versus like the game. That yes, because community yeah. is a big part of variety streaming in general because it takes it takes a whole lot of people to make uh, a chat that's popping for a variety. Yeah, stream. exactly. And I mean, you guys are all community builders, and I'm not saying focus streaming doesn't build community, but it takes oh, it longer does, and it's yeah. harder. It really, truly is, and I think that's one of the big differences between. I think to expand on like what your point you talked about, you don't raise the numbers up as fast too. Back uh, last year, I was playing PUBG pretty pretty regularly. I still consider myself variety, but I was playing it about two or three times a week, and I was definitely writing an inflated, you know, view, you know, follower number count during that time. Um, but I started focusing on. I, you know, Focusing on numbers as a streamer is really difficult not to do, and a lot of streamers will say, don't focus on numbers, and I have always disagreed with that. you got to focus on the right number. Yes. And to me, for me personally, the right number is how many people I can bring back. Yes. I find it much more Retention. rewarding if yes. I can get 80 people to 100 people watching me and get 10 to 20 followers that stream than 300 watching and it's 3,000 followers that stream. Right. You know? And that, that's that's more important to me. That's not the same importance for everybody else. Right. One of the, you talked about Professor Brahman. Um, the uh, the one streamer on Twitch, I know we're talking about Twitch, but um, is Dan's Gaming. I don't know if you guys have ever checked him out, but I've he's another really huge variety streamer. And one thing that always stuck with me is that that guy can rock five to 10,000 people every stream he has minimum, and he can get less than 100 followers in a day because he brings those same people back. And that's the type of streamer that I personally want to try to you know, be like, right? Absolutely. I want to be able to retain that community, want them to come back every stream. Yeah, so it, it definitely it definitely is doable. It's it's manageable, and it's not like easy mode for for oh, focus no. for focus gaming. So I think I think retention is the biggest challenge for no matter what kind of gaming you're doing. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, we, you can have 250 people in your chat, but if it's constantly revolving, what you're looking for is that 75 that are always there. Yes. Yes. And that are constantly supporting you, and those are the people that once you realize that you have a really great community that's always coming back, that's when you start to say I'm successful and no matter what if it's single game or or variety once you realize that the retention is there that's what really matters if you can grow that core yeah that number then all other numbers grow from there yeah absolutely did you have something to add Hass? sorry I interrupted well no like, we were here and I was here and then we kind of we went out on a deeper path which I love I know I'm sorry <laughs> you know if you think about numbers though and you're looking at your numbers for example right you go from a focus to a variety you're going to see some sort of number change. Sure. It doesn't matter. Um, like if you decide, like even if you're variety though, day by day, it could change. Like you will still, that's why building the community is that important. Right. Yeah. Because you're going to see it. And I don't, it breaks my heart when I know, like say somebody wants to really try to experiment with their stream. And they're like, I'm, I'm just tired of playing this right now. It doesn't mean I hate it. I just, I need a break. And then they, they stream and they play something different. And then their numbers are like dramatically different. And it's like, no, you're not, it's not that you're doing a bad job. That's just the nature of streaming. Yes. Yeah. You really have to put that into play. Like if I play Smite on Mixer, for example, it's not a popular game. I'll tell you that right now. If I have 30, 
a great night. Yep. And that's a high night. Yeah. Because that's the game. And I like I have to be okay with that because if I start getting butthurt and I'm like, why don't I have 300 people? Which yeah. <laughs> well, 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 even um, those guys have bad nights with the numbers. Like they, yeah. like it might be a different scale because 300. Yeah. To, but you'll see those guys go down to like 150, and that's that's the same for us going from like 150 down to like 7530. Yeah. It, so like it's 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 really one of those things that we all deal with, right? And it's just the nature of streaming. Yeah, it's it's very important to, to not get discouraged by numbers, but to, like you said, look at the right numbers. Yeah. And and when right it comes to when it comes to things, because communities are a lot less tangible and a lot less countable. It, it's possible, but it's a lot harder than looking at a hard metric that analytics would give you or something like that. Like building a community is a is a is the real challenge, and getting those people to come back, and it's that retention, right? So retention versus active viewers or, or one-time viewership I think is is the ultimate the ultimate trick to look at yeah. so it's it's a struggle though it really is because it's very easy to get discouraged because switching in the middle of a stream like if I'm playing a game that maybe I, I can only really consume about two hours of at a time and I want to switch halfway through the stream to say city skylines or something like that for the rest of the stream it can be really discouraging to see your number drop from 35 40 to 10 right and it's, it's one of those things that you just got to realize that you can't be afraid to change things as long as you're still enjoying it and I think I think enjoyment Clutch. is such a big part of it Clutch. so enjoying, and if you, go ahead. if you are not enjoying what you're playing, people can see right oh, yeah. through you. Get out of it, yes. Right yeah. through you. Yeah. And the, the thing is, too, is like, you know, some of the times we've had those dashboard promotions, you know, and I we can get up there on those those hero slots and those big slots and hit those three, four, or five hundred people watching like that. Like my mentality with that personally is I want to try to aim and see if I can't bring one or two of those people back. Exactly. Right? Like exactly. if I, if I can do one or if I can bring one or two back every stream at that point and turn them to a regular core viewer, that was entirely worth it. If I never hit that four hundred again until I get the next Absolutely. Basketball. Yeah, it's it's if if you're if your night is popping to me it's it's less about having a crazy good follower count that night if, if like you said you get that one person that says hey i love your content i'm going to come back and then they come back your next stream and then yeah. the next that's meaningful because then they start engaging with your community and they become part of what you've exactly. built and it's when when you do variety that's a really important thing it is because bringing you're back not building around a single game exactly. right and, and a lot of those games have those communities and you can share that with yes. other streamers because you're dipping into the games we're all variety yeah. we we all, amongst ourselves, play completely different stuff. Yeah. So you, the only thing you can build a community around is you personally. Right, because you're dipping into the games community rather yeah. than building a community around your content and you. Exactly. And that, that's a real challenge in itself. And it's not easier or harder per se. It's just very different. Right. It's a completely different struggle, different can of worms. I also like, too, when people, like, they'll say, I've been watching you since this game. And then you oh, think back and you're, you're like, like, how far? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you, like... Then suddenly you're like, next week you're like, you know what I'm going to play? I'm going to play that game again. <laughs> and you didn't even think about it until that one viewer that you didn't even know you hooked way back then. I know. Reminds you of that silly game that you Absolutely. had no interest in playing that night, but yep. hey, this guy you know latched on. So Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, I had that with Half-Life 2. I had someone come back. I, I hadn't played Half-Life 2 for over a year. Yeah. And they came back. They were like, you remember? I've been following you for a year. I played. Ha you, were, you were playing Half-Life 2. And I just was like, 
I don't remember the last time I played that. Right. Like, so it's just crazy because sometimes they'll come back even like a year down the line or yep. even longer. Exactly. So it's it's the long game for sure. Yeah. It's it's the windier road. <laughs> it's less straight and narrow and, and more more of a windier road. So, um, I mean, while we're here, why, why don't we ask the chat? What do you guys follow any variety streamers here on Mixer? Like, do you guys love a variety streamer? If you do, do uh, in chat do hashtag variety followed by a space and put the name of the person that you follow. Which is your funny, favorite one? This whole time, like you guys got like real deep, and I'm sitting here just like I'm reading chat. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, boys, there's people here to talk. To. Oh, I, see, I see some Hasselhoff. Somebody gyrated at uh, Oh yeah. You people were throwing your name out like it's. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Oh, I see a ghost from Texas. Excellent, excellent. All right, so thank you guys. <laughs> how, about, how about we talk about being content with your content, sure. right? Oh. So, so be, it's it's hard to be happy with playing. Just we, our struggle is we don't we're not happy playing one game forever, right? That's that's the whole idea of variety is that that we can't commit to. Uh, you know, I, I have. I guess I have a fear of commitment when it comes to something like, like PUBG or Fortnite. Uh, let's not go into my psychology while we're here. Let's, let's, focus, let's focus on the variety streaming. That's a whole other panel. Okay. So, um, so, do you guys have any tricks to being happy with what you do? Whether it be switching games frequently, anything like that. Like, is there anything that you look out for specifically in a game? Anything like that that helps you focus in on uh, what you do and make yourselves happy with what you make? what you create. I want somebody else to start this because I'm actually going, like right now, honestly, I have no idea what to play. Yeah. And I can always fall back. But it's like, okay, well, I'm like 50-50 right there and I want to enjoy it. Like I said, they can see right through it. It's like, how do you deal with that? I mean, sometimes like what I've done, um, and, and I go through those phases too. I actually went through that phase right before PAX and I, I was um, yep. you know, confused. I had a lot of things I'm playing after PAX that I have lined up ready to go series. But I was I was really kind of lost a lot on what I should probably play like a few days before. And um, sometimes I just I had to stop the game I was playing and go do something else. And that's when we we went out and just walked around like my apartment complex and like out in the city and stuff like that. And then we came home, I kid you not, built a pillow for it in my apartment and we had our own Fortnite. You know, yep. it, was, it was kind of funny. Um, but some of the times what I'll do too is like during the day is I've I've gone on other streaming websites and I looked at, you know, what are some of the like the middle lower tier games that people are playing but yet still have a lot of people watching. And I found games like Raft was one that I saw. I actually, I think I believe saw Shroud playing Raft one time. Um, and I decided to pick it up that night, and it was it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun playing, and it. it was a really neat game. So exploring what other streamers are doing and what's getting those viewers interested in those games has helped me. What Remains of Edith Finch was another one that I found uh, somebody playing on Twitch. Yeah, and yeah, I saw the chat was that, really. That's one of the things it. I do. It was like I should try this because I, I have a couple of streamers that I watch on on both Mixer, Twitch, on on a lot of different other platforms that I I go to and I see what they're playing, and that inspires me to play it. Exactly. And, and I absolutely love doing that because it's a great way to find what clicks with you. And if you if you have a lot of trust in what they play that you're going to like it, then you'll probably do really well with that game. That's that's what I do anyways, and it helps a lot. For me, it's it's any kind of quirky mechanic. Like, I like games that do things different. Um, 
you know, it's, you and I met while we were playing Antihero. Yes. That was, like, there's a lot of board game video games, but that one was unique. And if, if it's, if it's, if, if you look at a game and say, this doesn't look like anything I've played before, chances are I'm probably going to buy it and I'm going to play it. Yeah. Because that's what I want to do. I want to, exp- I want to have a new experience with every game. And as long as there's some kind of weird thing to it, whether it's an, an art style or, again, like a gameplay mechanic, it's going to be in my library. Yeah. Whether or not I get to it is a whole different thing, because I'm <laughs> sure we all have yeah. Steam libraries that are, oh, yeah. uh, you know, 500 range. Uh, mine's 1,100 now. Jeez. I don't, but I have a bad habit of spending full price on games that I never play. Yeah, I do that a lot. It'll be once in a bloom, all of a sudden a new game come out and be like, so, yep, full price, here you go, take my money. Play it once, and I'm like, I don't like that. So maybe maybe that's the problem with being a variety streamer. We're all broke. <laughs> we have huge libraries of games with no money. Yeah, people like, I don't know what to play, and somebody goes into your Steam library, and then they go on your Xbox, yeah. your yeah. PlayStation, and they're like, what do you mean you don't have anything to play? Yeah. Like, you don't understand. Yeah, Steam sales are the bane of my existence. Yep. Yeah. And this is why it's like also important to do networking with other people who kind of fit your variety, because I've gone lots of times with other variety streamers. I'm like, hey, what have you been playing recently that's been working out well for you? Here's what's been working out, you know, yeah. for me, and you can find games that way. Or trade when deals are happening. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, if there's, a, if there's a game coming out that, like, I think that Pass is interested in, I'd be like, hey, here's this game, and here's a 10% code. Go get it. Yeah. You know? And, uh, I mean... It, it's it's one of those things that like I think that you guys have hit on it a lot. It's like kind of pay attention to what's going on within the the variety community because you're gonna you're gonna see a game that might look like it's a, a home run and then you open it up and there might be bugs and things like that that we can all kind of communicate to and, and make sure that not everybody's gonna pick it up and be like yeah. it's gonna be it. You know, well, and, and what's, it. what's really cool is it, uh, being so open to trying new games opens up a lot of collaborative opportunities. Too, right. Because, uh, like, with us, we, we were in an anti-hero tournament. Yep. Um, and that's that's when we met. And right. I think you beat me, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're not friends anymore. Right, so <laughs> all over. No, um, but ultimately, it, it, it opens up some really unique, interesting collaborative opportunities yes. that I never would have gotten if I were playing just Call of Duty or something along those lines. So it, it, it's important because I love looking at what cooperative games are coming out, and then I can approach streamers whose content is similar who their styles are similar and say, hey, do you want to play this game together? We could play it online together. We could do a night of it and things like that. It really opens up a lot of win- a lot of windows and doors that you might not have had before. I met you with the game Gang Beast. Gang Beast. Gang- oh, yeah. oh, Gang Beast, that's right. Oh, man. Oh, that game is wild. That game is so good. I am yep. so bad at that. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's one of those things that, like, we never would have made connections without any of those opportunities, without taking the, the, the time to say, hey, do you want to play this with me? Do you want to do this? Like, you can do that with Fortnite. You can do that with PUBG. But it's not quite the same because, again, it doesn't fall into my wheelhouse to play only PUBG or, or Fortnite. And, in fact, I don't play them at all. I kind of uh, I avoid VR games in general. So for, for me, my style, it's great when I find people doing party games and things like that. Like Jackbox Party Pack is a great way to do it, too, and just things like that. It's, it's a ton of fun. So it really opens up a lot of windows that you might not have been able to experience before. So let's talk a little about because you had you had mentioned uh, ghost you had mentioned burning out before. So um, burnout is a big problem with streaming in general and gaming in general. So 
one of the things that that we we do as variety is it makes it easier to not burn out, right? So, do you guys have any any tricks to avoid burnout for the games that you do love and you fall back on? Is there anything that you do to avoid that? It's just. Uh, I think if you can start recognizing and admitting to yourself you're getting burnt out in a game, you're doing yourself a service. Yeah. So if you, you know, say, well, maybe I'm just tired of it right now, but I'll, I'm going to force myself to get back into it, then it just starts getting worse and worse and yeah. worse for you. So I've started learning at this point that as soon as I realize I'm starting to get burnt out, it's better for me just to go ahead and cut it, apologize to the people that may, you know, like we played Minecraft, the SevTech Ages pack, and we were maybe 40, 50% through the ages on it, and I just... I I knew I was getting burnt out on it and I was either continue it and have really crummy streams right but finish the series or you go you know what let's just cut it let's move on to something else maybe I'll go back to it maybe I won't and you know it, to me it keeps me not getting burnt out from streaming because you can get burnt out from a game but then you can get burnt out from just streaming in general but if I can always keep those games fresh and not let myself get really disgruntled with a little bit of agility and I don't have to worry about getting burnt out from streaming because everything's always new so yeah I think my, my, like, when I know I'm about to burn out, I feel, like, a lack of creativity. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the game, and I'm like, what am I going to do today? And as soon as I start realizing that, it's like, maybe I need to shelf this game for a little bit and then come back to it when I when I have an idea for something cool that I want to do with it. Because um, if you keep trying to push through, like, any of this, that's when you're going to run yeah. into the issue. If it feels forced, chat's going to know. And like like Hass said, they'll see right through it. Yeah, people yeah. people will see right through that you're 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 annoyed or you're burned out or you're not having a good time. And I think that's I think that's the biggest thing for me is having fun. Like if I'm having fun, then my chat can have fun. Yeah. If I'm not having fun, they're gonna feed off of that energy and it's gonna become a big negative, right. unfun thing to do. So it's ultimately about keeping the positive the positivity, keeping it enjoyable and light to an extent. Yeah. So even even in story games where the story gets really deep and difficult people are hitting my interactive buttons to lighten the mood and things like that and um, I'll also just go off the beaten path like yeah, exactly. if, if, if it's quite obvious you need to go straight I'll just veer left and see what happens and sometimes it's really hard if you get on one of those games that starts getting you some more activity in your chat yeah I mean it can be really difficult to tear yourself away from it yeah. um, but I kind of see it as like a double-edged sword you know if I'm playing PUBG and I'm rocking 150 200 people it's harder to make that individual connection with somebody but if right. I do a play a game that doesn't have as much appeal, but I do have, you know, 40, 50 people watching me instead, Absolutely. I can now interact with those 40, 40 to 50 people on a much different level than I can when I have 100, you know, it makes much more people. Intimate. And then yeah. it's, it kind of goes back to, I want to bring those people back to a stream. And I have just as much opportunity to do that with 30 people as I do 300 people. Right. Right. And sometimes it is that balance between, sometimes it's almost too many, but yeah. I, think, I think it's also a little bit of uh, exercise and practice too, because you being having a, a regular viewership of say 20 to 30 people having having a, a viewership of that you're not used to if you do hit big one night and have 150 people you know engaging talking and chat it, it, it's a bit of practice right because I, I remember when I used to struggle with having five people in my yeah. chat talking and now now it's like it's normal to have 15 to 30 all talking all at the same time and, right. and, and engaging but part of building a community is they engage with each other as much as they engage with you so it makes right. it easier to deal with and that sort of thing so so do you guys have any thoughts on community building any any tips or ideas 
on building a community? Because like, that's, that's the big is challenge. Is there even here, a right? structure for it? What's no. that? There's not really a structure. There's not. Right. You know? Some like, I think there's some, some general blanket things you can do, but like you say, like everybody has to do those blanket things very, very differently. Yeah. Because especially as a variety streamer, you're building yourself completely different from variety streamer to variety streamer. What works for you is not going to work for me right. and vice versa. Yes. Right. And so, uh, I mean, you always need to find the way to do that continuous engagement whenever you're not on the stream. And one thing that I have always struggled with was how active my Discord server was. I could get people on my Discord server, but unless I was there actually talking, the Discord server was very, very quiet. And it's, it has taken me about a year and a half, but I'm, I'm very happy to say that now my Discord server operates and is extremely active when I'm nowhere in sight. And that's, that's one thing you want is your community to have that living and breathing aspect on its own. And if you can do that, it only boosts your streams capabilities, especially as a variety streamer, for sure. Yeah, that's funny because that's actually <coughs> something that I've been focusing on lately, it's, is Discord. Well, I got some tips I can explain. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Yeah, Discord. Discord's a challenge um, because it's uh, it's one of those things where it's it's a great hub for your community, whether you be on Twitter or on Mixer or on you know and, and do you know cross-platform stuff. It, it, it's a great central point. The challenge is getting people in there and engaging with you and engaging with each other, and that's yeah. that whole community aspect. And and it's it can be a real challenge because. Uh, You'll want to be more active in other places that they go. Like your community is the lifeblood of your stream. Oh, absolutely. And they're 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 what you use to keep your content fresh because they'll give you ideas, they'll inspire you, and they'll be there for you yeah. even when things are low. Yeah. And they'll lift you up and that sort of thing. So community is really important, and it's it's really hard to like you said. Like there is no panacea. There's no yeah. one thing that makes it work. I think the, the the secret sauce that sort of worked for me with Discord was recognizing that if you were a focused game streamer, your Discord is within a community about a single game. As a variety of game streamer, I don't have a Discord about a single game. So what I had to start realizing is the, the same way you sort of view a streaming website in general. Mixer has its Fortnite community, it's PUBG, it has its Minecraft communities, there's the people that play your Warframes and Destinies um, in your platforms and stuff like that. I had to recognize that that was also the same makeup in my own community, so my Discord had to reflect that. And before I was having very, very general blanket channels. Here's a channel about food, here's a channel, a general channel, here's a channel about exactly. latest tech. But what I started realizing is that I had community members that maybe it was only four or five of them, but four or five of them liked playing Warframe, five or six of them liked in Minecraft, so I created sub-channel categories for those games, and it was very shocking to me how active those channels became, right. and it overall boosted the entire Discord, because now I was harnessing sub-communities within my community, yeah, right. and that's what you have to do as a variety streamer, since you're not focused around it yet. Right, because we're a bit of a, a macrocosm of many different exactly, things. Exactly, 100%. So if you attract somebody that's part of, uh, while you're playing, say, Minecraft, they're going to they're gonna like completely different things, probably. But how possibly. do you engage with them playing Minecraft if Exactly. You're not playing Minecraft, exactly. and you have to harness that sort of community. So. so it's a real challenge. Do you, do you have anything special you do to help build community and keep it strong? I mean, I, my biggest thing is just to, to, as you said, engage. You know, hop in from time to time more often than you, you know, more more often, or as often as you can. And, uh, and just let them know that you're, you're still hanging out, you're still playing games. We do a thing where basically after every stream, or not after every stream, but 
on days that I'm not streaming, I'm still in Discord in the chat, in the text or uh, voice chat. So if anybody in the community is playing a game, they're usually going to hop in and hang out with us. Right. It doesn't matter what anybody's playing in that voice chat. We could all be playing different things, but we're just hanging out like a group of friends talking about whatever's going on. Right. And it's not like a business thing because I'm just relaxing, playing whatever I want. Right. And they're doing whatever they want too. So it's that, they, I think the engagement off stream is the biggest thing that you can do for your community. So, coming back to talking about viewership and the like. So, we, we mentioned that different viewer, different games have different viewerships, different kind of communities. So, when it comes to that, is there anything that you do to be prepared for those times when you're playing PUBG and you get 120 viewers, or you're playing Minecraft and you get 120 viewers, or whatever? Is there anything specific that you guys do to prepare for that, or just practice, or, or my what? mods? It's, it's your mods? Warn them. Oh, warn your mods? Warn your mods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let them know that something big's about to happen. You know, it, it, <laughs> I, I think that uh, you know, if you... If you uh, I, I, don't, I don't think outside of that, like, there's anything that you can really do to, like, prepare yourself for it. Just keep doing what it is that you're doing. That's the biggest thing, I think. Yeah. Is you don't want to change your content just no. because more people are watching. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's a big challenge because things like Hype Zone, I've noticed when I watch people that hit Hype Zone, they'll change the way that they behave because they're on Hype Zone. Right. And it's very interesting because you, you don't want to change your content because you want those people to come back. And regardless of single game stream or not, that's one of the really important things is your content has to be consistent because people want to know what to expect when they come back, when they come to see your streams. So that's it's a really important thing to keep in mind. So I've been told... Um, I've been. I've heard that people say that because I play a lot of games with that, I get the keys for that sort of thing. That I'm, I'm selling out. So, have you guys? Have you guys ever been called sellouts? Or um, so repeating it for Hass. Have you ever been called like a sellout for playing a game sponsored or getting a, a, a key or anything like that? Yeah. I've gotten it. I've gotten it several times before. No, no um, I have that. So that, that that's been a very interesting experience. I think, but to elaborate on that, and I think this kind of goes back to not only you know us as variety streamers playing like a super popular game, but just the people who play single focus games in general, you gotta realize too, is that a lot of people, you know, do this full time. And there is a lot of popularity around games like PUBG and Fortnite right now. Right. And if that's your full time income, a lot of times that is the smartest option. You know, for me, I do, I have a full time job and I do as much streaming as I possibly can. I am in a fortunate enough position. I don't need to worry about the income from the stream to help support, you know, putting food on the table and paying for rent, but a lot of these people do. So I've never liked the whole concept of somebody saying somebody's a sellout for doing something that's popular because you got to realize behind the scenes that this is like a, this that, is a business This is a business at its heart, and Absolutely. a lot of these people heavily rely on these type of promotions to even put food on their table. Yes. Well, then you got to think about it. What is your goal with streaming? Yeah. Is it purely hobby? Are you really going to go like all in and try to make it a business, try to make it a living? Are you right in the middle? And then you have to set realistic expectations for each one of those things. Because I originally started just for fun. I'm going to play this game. I might as well stream it. Then my mindset changed a little bit. And I was like, you know, maybe I want to take it a little more seriously. And then it's like, that's when I would look at numbers. And that's when I started focusing on different things. If I'm going to get, if I had a sponsorship, which now I don't actively go and do that. And that's fine. And if you do it, that is like, that's everybody's choice. But you go out and you're selling yourself, essentially. Yep. You get sponsorship. You get promos. That's that's all part of the business. 
Like, I don't know why anybody would call you a sellout for anything unless your own motivation was, like, severely off. And then again, who are you to judge somebody for that? Like, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't affect absolutely. me. Like, yeah. It doesn't affect you. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, like you said, it's a business. You know, you've, you've got to make it work. And for, for those of us here, this is definitely something that we would want to do full-time or right. already do if not. I don't I'm not 100% sure if any of you guys are full-time. I'm pretty sure we all have full-time. Full-time jobs. I, I, yeah, full-time I, jobs, yeah. I stream about 40 hours a week, and I also work about 40 hours a week. Oh, so, so you're full-time, full-time. It's like yeah. full-time, full-time. Okay, yeah. so so you, you're you you're pretty close. But about 20 hours in the weekend, 20 hours during the weekday. So yeah. yeah, so so it's it's one of those things that, you know, we... It, it's a lifestyle choice. It is. It's a lifestyle <laughs> choice, yes. Yes. Um, and uh, are you, you're, you're married, right? No, oh, no. you're I'm, not. Okay, well then. No room for that. I was going to say, put your wife, but never mind. <laughs> but... But that, that said, yeah, it's it's definitely something that you have to sell yourself in, and that you do because a you have a you have a passion for it, and it's something that you love to do, and you you have to you have to work really hard at making it work, right? And being variety, it's like we said multiple times, it's the it's the curvier road. It's a lot harder to follow. It's a little bit rockier in terms of growth. But you do it because you have a passion for it. And I would say that you three are, are some of the most passionate people that I've ever seen doing this. So it's it's a it's a, a definitely it's a passion project and it's something we love. So that I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. What are you in this for? Yeah. And I think when you come when it comes right down to it, um, you, you gotta love it because if you were to do this full time and you hated it, it would be just like any other job. And again, your viewers can see right through you. Yeah. So they begin to, to feed off of that. And like on the, the cello side, like the games that you're getting and that you're playing. You pick and choose which ones it is that you're going to pick and, pl and play. So right. you're not selling out. Nobody's saying you have to do this. When when we get keys, we can take a look at them ahead of time and say, you know what, that's not really something I'm into. Thank you, but no thank you. If I'm playing it on stream, yes, I might have gotten that key from the developer, but he didn't force my hand to play it. Right. I chose to play that game because right. I thought it would be fun content for you guys. Absolutely. So I think that that's, that's where I would never call like free codes or, or anything like that selling out. Yeah. Um, but I've seen it before. Be, yeah. I've, 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 been, I've been told that before. Yeah. And it is. It's mind-boggling to me because it, all you're doing is you're giving a game a chance. Right. Whether you like it or not. And you're, you're pretty much demoing it to your community right. for them because a lot, of, a, a lot of the games that I play, I, I'm interested in, but I play it because my community is interested too. They right. told me like, hey, if you get a key for this game, will you play it? Because I really want to see it. Right. And then they make their decisions whether they're going to buy it based on what they've seen, if they're having a good time, if I'm having a good time with it. Like, I've had that happen multiple times. And that's one of the cool things about the direct buy program that we have on the direct purchase thing on, on Mixer is, you know, you're playing a game and it shows up right at the top. You just hit buy and yeah. it's right there. And it makes it really easy for them and it helps us to grow as well and, and to, to work towards doing this full time so um, so. I have to address something in the channel. It is absolutely not my birthday. They're all lying. Stop it. <laughs> is it your birthday? No. Okay. <laughs> Happy birthday, Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like 272 now. I think to you, but I sound. No. <laughs> every like every week is your birthday. Okay, so. 
I, I've, uh, we've got our we've got our little list. So we we've we've talked about a lot a lot of interesting things about variety streaming. But do you guys have any advice that you could give to somebody who is starting out um, that that could help them? Because I know we've kind of got we've beaten around the bush a lot here. But is there anything specifically that you could? advice for somebody just starting out who's who's wants to do variety streaming because they love a ton of different things because i know we baby tim was interested in variety streaming for a while and that was one of the big things that i was wondering about seeing people like uh like uh brown man doing his thing and um, professor broman and co carnage and all these people doing their thing how do i not only have fun with it how do i become successful do you have any advice because I would consider you all successful, so See, ah. <laughs> you know how you, anytime somebody starts asking um, streamers, how do you start, what's your advice, you're, honestly, you get kind of the same answers, but there's a reason for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, playing what you love goes right back to, you know, is it enjoyable for you? People can tell. Um, are you going to burn yourself out? Like, are you, you know, are you bringing the entertainment? Are you able to play and chat? Like, anything like that with that game. Like, there's a reason why people say that. Um, if you love Fortnite, play Fortnite. If you love The Sims, play The Sims. You know what I mean? You're going to have the most fun and build a more... I don't want to use the word genuine because that seems a little harsh, but it's it's a different community when you do it like that. You know, you have, you have to you have to you have to guide the focus of the community to something very very different than if you do single game streaming because it's all about how you play games, not how you play a very specific game. Right. So it, it, it grows differently and it evolves differently. Um, I think like the best advice that I like to give to people starting out is just. Just try it. Like, just start getting involved in doing it. I mean, variety is, in my opinion, a slower growth. Um, you know, but I personally look at it over over the next four or five years. Where can I get my community up to if I focus on these few things instead of where can I get to next month? Right. Can I? You just mentioned slower growth, and I just wanted to point this out because boom, like boom, is supposed to be here. Like, it was very interesting at first because we we started around the same time, and we were growing almost at the same level. You know what I mean? And that's totally fine. And I'm not saying this because I compare myself for one's better than the other, so I'll say that before I keep going. <laughs> um, he started playing, like, Fortnite. You cannot deny the popularity of that game. Every Everybody loves it. Who, me? Well, no. Oh, I was like, okay. I was like, <laughs> like I it's a very popular game. <laughs> so while I'm hitting, a, a, like, a, a mark of, like, 10K follows, he's hit 100K. That doesn't mean necessarily, like, I'm not looking at it like one's better than the other. I've accepted, and it took me a while. I'm not going to lie. You're going to go through oh, waves yeah. of, am I doing this right? i got to figure this out, and then back to, why am I doing it? Um, but this is what I do. These are the games I play, and I'm very proud of where I am. I work full-time. I'm tired. Like, streaming is so fun. So tired. So tired. I'm tired all the time. Yeah. So how are you doing, Hass? What's I'm sleep? Tired. Tired. What's sleep? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see the growth and the numbers that way. So I mean, it is every, a slower growth. Everybody says, like, play the games that you love. But I think the biggest thing is don't play something that you're not going to enjoy. Like, if you're playing something and you don't enjoy it, stop. 
you know, full breaks. Well, there's nothing wrong with switching games. Nothing. There's nothing, nothing wrong with switching games. <clears throat> don't be afraid to switch games. Don't be afraid to try something new. And don't be afraid to play the game that you love, even if it's not popular. Because if somebody sees how cool it is through your eyes, they might be willing to give it a shot, too. Yes. And I think that's a big part of what we do, is we, we open up new games and different games to people who may not have had a chance I to I love really when people tell me they've bought a game because they saw me play it and they'd never heard of it before. But, yeah. but uh, going back to the whole direct purchasing, that's what I love about it because now it makes confetti rain and it says in chat when somebody does that. And to me, if, if I've sold somebody a game just by having fun on it, that means that I'm doing something right. And not, not because I'm a salesman for that game and not because I'm trying to, I'm not in their pocket, but because to me that says that I'm doing a good enough job with my content that they were willing to give their money to that company right. and regardless of whether I'm making money off of it that's a powerful thing because that means a lot it, it, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like you're you're enjoying a hamburger so much somebody says I want what he's having you know that sort of thing and and that's that's really cool for somebody to to look at what you're doing what you're enjoying so much and and join in that fun in their own way and and add to that community as it is so yeah it's it's a powerful thing so I think I think my advice would be go live. I think that's like the hardest thing some days because you get discouraged, you're feeling down. Things are things are not feeling like you're growing as fast as you want to because I mean you'll look at these focused game streamers who are getting three, four, five hundred follows in a stream and you're like, oh, I had two the last stream I did. Right. And it's really easy to get discouraged, but ultimately I think the challenge is just hit go live. Hit that live button and just do it. Have fun. Find something you want to play and just have fun. Regardless of the people watching, there's there's a really great shirt here at PAX that says, stream like no one's watching. And that, that's great advice, because I love it, because do it. Do it that way. Like, regardless of whether you've got one viewer or 50 viewers, just have fun with it. Enjoy yeah. it. Engage with them. Make those people's time worthwhile, because that's exactly what they're investing in you is time. And I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind, is that we often often kind of lose sight of that for numbers and for statistics and analytics and things like that. And it's really easy to get in your own headspace with that. But when you look at somebody having fun, it makes it all worth it to me. I, end up, um, I ended up thinking of something that I wanted to make a point. I don't know how much time we actually have. We're good. Oh, we're time. good. Um, whenever you're you're looking at how well you're doing in the ranking of you know the, the global browse pages and something like that, one thing that I've always told my viewers to keep in mind if you were going to get started on this is. You've got to realize, too, that a lot of people like watching different streamers for different reasons. Just because you're not a fan of Justin Bieber's music doesn't mean you can't acknowledge how popular and successful he is just because you like 21 Pilots or somebody different, right? right? And it's the same thing with streaming. Hasselhoff is going to be able to provide something to her viewers that I'm not going to be able to provide, and I Absolutely. shouldn't try to provide, and vice versa. I'm going to be able to do stuff for my viewers that you guys aren't going to be able to do, but we shouldn't try to like impose or try to copy what these other people are doing, you got to find your own path and right. grow that community. Yes, you know you don't see. There's a lot of big artists that don't have near the amount of you know uh, of you know record sales or fans as some of the other ones do. But that doesn't mean that they don't still work as hard and they just don't have their own good community and are very successful. Successful doesn't mean you have to be number one. Right. Right. Successful just means that you are happy with where you're at. You're pushing to your goals yes. and you're making progress. You define your own success, right? Yeah. Exactly. So that's that's what it comes down. 
down to is defining your own success. So I used whenever I talked about Mixer in the beginning and we were talking about different streamers, I'd always say that. I actually am really happy you brought that up. There's a streamer for every mood you're in. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes I'm feeling like I want to go nuts and I'm all hyped up on Red Bull and I'm ready to go. And sometimes I just want to sit with someone who's calm and like painting a picture with some private Laura EVM in the background just chilling and talking to chat like you know Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think uh, I think we're kind of running up against our time. So what we're going to go ahead and do is uh, I want to thank you guys for joining me. So we've got Undead Hooligan, Ghost from Texas, and Hasselhoft. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. Be sure to check out their channels. Uh, my name is Tim, also known as Insert Point Theater, but give these guys a follow. They deserve it. They're fantastic. And uh, look how beautiful us. they are. They're so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. And, uh, and make sure that you guys follow this channel, Mixer.com slash Mixer. So smash the follow button. Make sure you're following it for all the great PAX West content. And uh, we'll be live on this stage uh, from 10 a.m. Pacific time to 6 p.m. Pacific time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern to 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. GMT to 2 a.m. GMT. So with that, thank you guys so very much for joining us. Thank and you all. We'll see you. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Have a, have a great day. Thank you.